Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Just before we kick off this potty, guys, a quick little reminder that our burgundy, simply the Bradman Best Hats, will be dropping tonight at 6pm, www.rugbyleagueguru.com.au. Very, very limited stock. You need to be there at 6pm because these will go very, very quickly. Limited stock, as I said. See you there at 6pm, Sydney time. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. We're going to go through our rapid review of round 19. Obviously a shortened round with a heap of teams on the bye this week, but still a lot of exciting footy to get through. We ended up having five games of football this weekend, so we'll go through and talk about uh, those four, five games, sorry, and uh, what we saw from each one. As you guys know, the rapid review is a little bit quicker uh, than your average review, and then we'll do go into a real, real deep dive on our uh, bloke in a bar today so stay tuned for that plenty of content coming your way on the rugby league guru podcast but let's get stuck into the first game of the week which was the sharks and the west tigers geez that feels like a long time ago now it's only three days ago that's wild um yeah look i think we all expected the sharkies to run out winners here uh in kind of typical sharkies fashion though <coughs> Probably made it look a little bit uglier than what it needed to be. Uh, I thought the Tigers put up uh, a half-decent fight in parts of this game. But the Sharkies, when you just give them enough ball and enough weight of possession, they will make you pay, and they certainly did here. Um, I think it was last week they scored... 56-odd points. Uh, the right winger, Shani Katoa, did not cross for a single meaty, which was shocking, uh, especially to all of you in your same game, multi-slips. Uh, scored three tries in this one, so shout-out to Katoa. Uh, he was fantastic. I thought Sivitalka had a really good game. Uh, got into his work there, did a number of uh, very good things. And, of course, last week, as we said, it was Katoa who was getting no football. This week, Mulatalo, a guy that a lot of us brought in for Supercoach. So uh, a real kick in the dick there. Not ideal. Deal. Nico Hines scored late as well. Was unlucky not to score one earlier. Uh, that was obviously taken off him. But uh, yeah, look, 36 to 12, big win for the Sharkies. <clears throat> I think considering how they've defended the last few weeks, I think they'd be happy to only concede 12. Uh, but once again, against the Tigers side that is absolutely decimated. And uh, as we said last week, it might be a little bit unfair on the Cronulla Sharks. 
uh, but I haven't learned anything new about them. They played a bottom eight team. They gave it to them. Um, I, I know the Sharkies can do this. I know this is what they're capable of. We just want to see them start to perform against top shelf teams. I'm not sure what their draw looks like over the next few weeks. From memory, I think they might have the Warriors coming up. Yeah, they played the Warriors this week. Uh, so, I mean... Yeah, the, 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 the Warriors, without a doubt, a top eight side. Um, and I think that'll be a good clash. But I would really love to sh- see the Sharkies go up against, you know, Panthers or, or, or one of these other real top-shelf sides. But the Waz, I mean, as far as top eight side goes, they are definitely one of them. So a big challenge for them. They go Warriors, Sharks, then they got the Panthers. Okay, then they've got the Bunnies. Sweet. Okay, so over the next four weeks, the Sharkies play three top eight teams in the Warriors, the Panthers, and they play the South Sydney Rabbitohs, who by then, that'll be round 23, they will have Latrell Mitchell back, Cody Walker, Campbell Graham, all their boys back. So I'll tell you what, the next month or so is going to really show you what the Sharkies are all about, uh, and it starts this week with the New Zealand Warriors over there in Auckland, a big, big test. So excited to see how the Sharkies go over the next few months, and I want to see them stand up and show us what they're about. Uh, for the Tigs. Uh, yeah, look, just another one of these nights. Unfortunately, I, I thought Sean Bloor was really good. Uh, he, he had a fantastic game. He's just got so much ability, Bloor. Um, he's just injuries and everything have stood in his way for so long. So hopefully he can put together a heap of games. Johnny Bateman, I thought he was fantastic. Again, just very unorthodox in what he does. Uh, but, geez, he's just so dangerous constantly. I thought Tommy Talao had a good game. Did a couple of very nice things in there. There was a pass that Alex Seafarth... Uh, through at one point. That was an absolute cracker. I think it was to Sean Bloor, an absolute blinder. Uh, but yeah, look, wasn't the Tigers' night. Um, I don't think it was probably as ugly as a lot of people anticipated. I think from memory, the start for the Sharkies was 24.5. So they won by 24. So the bookies hit the nail on the head once again there. Incredible stuff. But uh, yeah, look, a good win for the Sharkies. They'll take it. They'll move on to the next one. I think the next month, very, very important for Craig Fitzgibbon and the Cronulla Sharks. They need to show that they can play genuine finals footy because after that Rabbitohs game, they then go Titans, Cows, Knights, Raiders. So they will have the Raiders who are a top eight team, the Cowboys who are potentially a top eight team. Uh, but yeah, it's just they, they just need to show what they can do against Penrith and South Sydney. Back-to-back weeks, round 22 and round 23. Big, big weeks as far as uh, the season of the Cronulla Sharks and whether they are contenders or pretenders at the moment. Now, I'll tell you what, at the start of the season, I thought they were genuine contenders. From what we've seen so far, I'm probably leaning towards pretenders at the moment, but they're right on that on that cut of, geez, can they win a premiership this year or are they just impressive in games that they can flog teams in? I don't know just yet. We'll see over the next few weeks. I'm keen to see how the Sharkies respond. Uh, we then had the Friday night game. The Canberra Raiders, 36 over the Dragons, 26. Congratulations to the Canberra Raiders. A huge win, 10 points. That is massive for them. They love to win in that 1-6 to six point range. Um, wild, this this whole Canberra Raiders 1-12 to 12 thing is insane. They just can't go 13 plus. It's crazy. Uh, I, I think even, I, I think if you have a look at the post-game press conference, uh, one of the uh, one of the journos says to Ricky, oh, 10 points is your biggest margin. He sort of looks at him. And I, I thought Ricky was taking the piss out of him, but I genuinely think, he was shocked to hear that. He was just like, what? Seriously? 
um, which was a good giggle. But, uh, yeah, look, the Raiders winning this one uh, by 10 points. There was a couple of times throughout this game that I thought, oh, the Raiders are home and hosed. Um, St. George isn't going to be able to get back in this, and St. George managed to. Uh, but, yeah, look, the, the Raiders obviously missing a few guy, a few key guys here, Josh Papali'i, Corey Horsburgh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but, I mean, the Dragons without Ben Hunt as well. So uh, if I yeah, if I had to pick one of those sides to play with, I definitely would have taken uh, the Raiders' side. Thought Sebi Chris did some nice things. Matty Timiko, good God. Stop the fight. Strike centre. Two tries. He was incredible in this one. Jordan Rapina scored a meaty. And Joe Tapanay scored a nice individual try as well. Uh, Ricky Stewart played him for 55 minutes this week. I thought that he would play him for a lot more minutes with the other front rowers out. Uh, I really do hope that Ricky's about to turn the corner and go, Hey, Taps, can you play 70 minutes again like you did last year? Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how that one plays out. Shout out to Zachy Wolford, played the full 80. I thought he was fantastic, very impressive. I thought Matt Frawley was really good as well. Now, Jack White and jumped in. He played 50 minutes here, but Jack White and jumped into sort of a lock forward role. I thought he looked good there. Uh, I thought they could have given him a few more minutes than what they did, but I thought Jackie Boy looked very, very strong there. So yeah, there's a lot, a lot of rumors around. You could see him play left edge back row for South Sydney next year. I personally doubt that. I think that that left edge back row spot for South Sydney is essentially just the best decoy in rugby league. I just don't think it's utilized enough. So I wouldn't be wasting Jack there personally, but we'll see what the South Sydney Rabbitohs do, but I thought he looked good jumping into that 13 row. I thought Jamal Fogarty uh, was good once again, got through and uh, did his job, you know, got them around the park and whatnot, which is all that they need from him. But yeah, Matty Timiko, he was probably the star of the day for me. Very, very impressive. I thought Hudson Young and Elliot Whitehead were very good on the edges as well. Uh, Ata Mariota, who started in the 13. I thought we'd get a little bit more out of him. Um, I thought he was a little bit quiet. Maybe I set the standards too high. I'm not too sure. Uh, but yeah, look, the Raiders, they, they win ugly. That's just who the Canberra Raiders are. I think that's who the Canberra Raiders are always going to be. I will say this for the Raiders. The one big positive is that They've essentially played semi-final footy all fucking year. They're either not in the contest or they're winning 1-12 to and they're hanging on to the last minute. So whether they get to finals and they're just exhausted or whether they get to finals and they're battle-hardened, uh, we'll see how we go. But the Raiders are not a team that I want to play come finals time. I uh, I don't know who their genuine hook is going to be every week. I don't know what on earth Sebastian Chris is going to do at fullback. He's not a fullback, but that makes him so hard to prepare for. And, you know... <laughs> Jack Whiten playing 5'8", you know, he's, he's just, it's hard to get a read on what Jack Whiten's going to do every week. They, they play a lot of second-phase footy with offloads through the middle, so um, they're going to be a pain-in-the-ass team to deal with. And when they get to finals footy, they are, of course, going to be having a lot of passion in their game. They're going to be farewelling Jack Jack Whiten at any given moment as soon as they lose, so uh, they'll be really up for finals footy. Um, they're, they're the real wild card in the pack. For the Dragons, I thought Ravalawa was fantastic. Three tries, he was everywhere, but I thought Zach Lomax was huge. Fuck, he was impressive, Zach Lomax. Uh, I just, uh, there's just so much talent there. I don't know how you get all of it out, but there is just so much ability there with Zach Lomax, and I really do hope uh, that when Shane Flanagan comes in, assuming Zach Lomax does stay there, a lot of mixed reports there, but I really do hope that he's able to, you know, unlock whatever it is in Zach Lomax that we need to get out of him. You look from the, what, the 30th minute onwards, um, the Dragons scored 26 points in that time, so... Yeah, very interesting. I don't know. I think there's a lot to take out of that for the Dragons without Ben Hunt, who you would have to assume is not going to be there last year. I thought the young guys really stood up and did a good job. Obviously, Bud Sullivan did a hamstring at one point as well, so that's a kick in the dick for you Dragons fans. So I think Benny Hunt, I mean, Benny Hunt would have been straight back in anyway, but I think that almost locks Ben Hunt into staying there for the season. I'll tell you what, 
No, I don't know how you Dragons fans feel, or maybe I'm a little bit biased because I've got him in my Supercoach teams and whatnot, but fuck, I think Little needs to play more minutes there. <laughs> I think he looks really impressive at nine. Uh, Mozambaya just, I don't know, he just doesn't do it for me at hooker. I think he's a great guy to have in your side. For example, the fullback went down on the weekend, Paul Turner. So you could chuck Mozambaya out there, and I think he does a good job. <clears throat> but as far as a hooker, I think I just want Jacob, Jacob Little there for big, big minutes. So we'll see how it plays out. Moving forward, uh, but I just think Little needs more minutes. It just, I don't know. And Byatt Hooker just does not do it for me. Uh, shout out to Paul Turner. First game in quite some time. Very mixed bag, to be fair. Uh, did get injured towards the back end, so not ideal for him. Uh, but yeah, good to see him back in first grade. All right, let's move to the next game of footy. Uh, We obviously had Super Saturday where we had two games there. We kicked off with the Eels and the New Zealand Warriors. Obviously, the Warriors getting a big win here, 46 points to 10. Uh, A lot of big performances from the Warriors. I thought that Lukey Metcalf, he was tremendous. He was absolutely everywhere Metcalf. And we're we're so happy to see him have performances like this. I understand the Eels are missing players. I get that. You can only play who you come up against. It's not like Metcalf hasn't been playing well the last few weeks weeks either uh but you like if, if you can just if you watch the way that Metcalf played the other night some of the things he did you can see he's special I know that everyone when when teams are missing players they go oh there's shit they're fucking useless like it's still first grade footy I know that you think that your grandparents and you could walk out there in a jersey and do exactly what they're doing against reserve graders give you the hot tip they couldn't still a lot of very quality footballers out there with quality coaching and whatnot so I think that sometimes we overreact a little bit to when uh teams are short players and other players play well, I think Luke Metcalf has shown I mean, if you've watched him his entire career instead of just that game and were idiotic enough to think that uh, that was like a one-off thing um, yeah, so look, I was really happy to see Luke Metcalf uh, have a good game there he was fantastic, did a number of good things, Jackson Ford was really good, uh, Marcelo Montoya uh, scored two tries there he was impressive, so hard to handle Montoya, I felt so sorry for that Parramatta right edge uh, they had to deal with him all night Dill Walker, I think it was game 200 for Dill Walker, so very, very impressive. Um, scoring a nice little try just on the stroke of halftime there. Uh, he was great, Dill Walker. And, um, you know, I was I was looking at... Uh, I was looking at Brad Fittler's comments the other day um, about how he picked Clint Gutherson and he has no plan for him. And I just thought, fuck, if you're going to pick Gutho without a plan because he can cover a heap of outside backs positions, why not take Dill Walker and use him as a bit of a middle forward as well? Uh, I know a lot of people have been tossing up Dill Walker the last few weeks, and um, I probably wouldn't pick him myself, uh, but I don't think it would be a bad pick by any means. And if your reason for picking Clint Gutherson is to have no fucking plan whatsoever, why not pick Dill, who you can chuck in the forwards and he can have a really good impact there and he can cover 5'8" center. He could jump on the sting and he'd do a job for you. Uh, And you know what? Who's a better fullback? Clint Gutherson, definitely. But I think you've got enough guys in that side that if you had to shift someone around, if Teddy went down, you could make it work. So, uh, yeah, an interesting situation there, but it just doesn't make sense to me. Uh, I thought Mitchie Barnett... Had a pretty slow start to the game, but I thought in the second half, he was really, really good. Scored two tries, obviously. I thought he missed his assignment on a couple of times in the first half, but uh, just getting used to that new edge and whatnot. The Wars obviously missing a few players as well. And DWZ, he just scores a try every single week. That right edge is electric for the New Zealand Warriors. So DWZ crossed there. I think there would have been a few same-game multis ticked off once he crossed the stripe. But the Warriors, a uh, really good bounce back, a really disappointing performance last week. Yes, against the Parramatta team, missing a number of players. Uh, but you can only come up against who you come up against. They had to, you 
you know, cross the ditch, go to Combank Stadium. Uh, not easy, and they managed to get the job done. So shout out to the Waz. Definitely heading in the right direction. I really do hope they hold on and play finals footy this year. And as it stands right now, I think you'd have to back them in. They're in sixth place. They've got one more buy to come. Um, the the game next week against the Sharks will be a really interesting one. I think if the Warriors beat the Sharkies, I am just about ready to lock them in for finals footy this year. So I really hope they can. And, you know, you get that win. That'll put you, you know, almost into the top four, pending other results. That's how close this competition is. So exciting times for the Warriors, you fans. You should be very, very keen for the back end of this year. Uh, let's move to the Parramatta Eels. Pretty disappointing as a whole. Uh, only two tries scores. Sean Lane scored late. Bailey Simonson scored off a scrum where he just managed to get one-on-one with SJ. Uh, outside of that, pretty disappointing. But, I mean, we have got to take into consideration with Parramatta missing their fullback, their halfback, and their 5'8", which is where the vast majority of their salary cap is tied up. Um, and, I mean, that, that right edge for Parramatta has been really good this year. I think Madison at 5'8". I think he handles himself well there. Uh, but he just it, it's a bit like when Joey Manu's playing 5-8 for the Roosters. The ball just doesn't get out to that edge. I was coming up against Will Penn Senior in my Supercoach draft game this week, so I was watching him very close, and he just he just wasn't getting any ball out there. Ryan Madison sort of staggered it just a little bit, which is understandable. He's not a 5-8. He played 5-8 growing up, but, uh, yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll be keen to get all their ball players back ASAP. Thought Assi did a number of very nice things. He's just a classy player. I'm a big fan of him. Uh, Bailey Simonson scored a try, obviously. Uh, I thought Sean Russell handled his, you know, handed himself at fullback. I'm just, I'm not convinced the Sean Russell, I'm, I'm just not sure where he's going to make it in first grade, uh, to be honest with you. I think he's a very good depth player, but I'm just not sure if he's going to be uh, an out-and-out first grader. Um, Bryce Cartwright, uh, you know, same old sort of stuff. J- just wasn't Parramatta's night. They were just, I, I, ne- I just felt like they were never overly in this contest. Jermaine uh, got through a lot of work, as he always does. Uh, but yeah, just wasn't Parramatta's night, missing a heap of guys. You have a look at the missed tackle count. Uh, the only player that didn't miss a tackle for Parramatta was Sean Lane. Uh, so everyone else had missed tackles, and some guys had uh, many multiple missed tackles. Um, the hooker, obviously, Brendan Hands missed six tackles, but he's in the middle of getting into a lot of work. Uh, don't hold that against him too heavily. But, yeah, some of the outside backs, especially the centers, missing four and five tackles each. Uh, yeah, not ideal for Parramatta, but it's a bit hard to judge them on this uh, as they're missing so many troops and whatnot, So uh, and, and key troops as well. So we'll see how they go. I mean, realistically, Parramatta in this game are without their entire first-choice spine if you conclude Josh Hodgson, which it will be interesting to see what happens with him when he returns, if he returns from this little mystery neck injury. So, yeah, Parramatta, look, I wouldn't reach, I wouldn't read into it all that far. A lot of players to come back and whatnot, and I think we'll have a better idea uh, of Parramatta over the next few weeks now that this origin period is over. I think they've got a couple of buys up their sleeve as well, so that'll come in handy. I think they've got a buy over the next few weeks potentially, and then they've got one in round 27 as well. So, uh, yeah, they, they play the Cowboys this week up there in North Queensland, so I assume that all their boys will back up. They then have to go to Melbourne uh, to play the Storm. And then, are they back home the week after that against the Dragons? Yeah, so a big two weeks coming up for Parramatta. North Queensland into the Melbourne Storm. Two games they'll be desperate to win and desperate to make a bit of a statement uh, to the other teams in this competition. All right, the late game on Saturday night. My God, what a game this was. Uh, The Bulldogs, 36 points to 32. Uh, I will say this off the top. I thought South Sydney were pretty hard done by in a number of moments throughout this game. I thought there was a number of decisions that went against them and made life pretty hard for them. But 
They still had a number of errors. They still had a number of missed tackles. So, I mean, yes, you can say they were hard done by, but I don't think they lost this game because of refereeing, but it was not ideal for them, no doubt about it. The Tane Mill one, I've watched that a couple of times now. I just, (laughs) I think that, I've said this on a number of occasions, I think sometimes we decide uh, penalties and what they're worth based on how injured players are. Uh, And I personally think that if, Ryan Sutton would have got up and played that ball. I don't think we really hear much about that moving forward. But, uh, yeah, it's a tough one. And I do wish Ryan Sutton all the very best. Hope he's well. But I do think Tane, and I think part of it was because it was Tane as well. He's obviously got a pretty bad record. Uh, There are certain guys in rugby league, whether it be Radley, Rhea Hargraves, Tane, these sort of guys that when these things happen, Tom Flegler, uh, I think referees sort of straight away jump to worst case scenario. So I do feel sorry for South Sydney on that one. I think that that decision was based uh, off the fact that he got injured realistically so uh, pretty tough situation there for the Bunnies they're obviously missing a number of troops and whatnot uh, but look Canterbury let's just enjoy what Canterbury have done here because they're a team and a club that is in some curry at the moment a heap of changes this week they had three guys making their club debut including the halfback Kwai Ward came in Skelton ended up making his debut which was fantastic to see Uh, they got a lot of injuries at the club and whatnot far from ideal situation but they managed to win here they won ugly. They conceded 32 points. They won't be happy with that. Uh, but I think if you're a Canterbury fan and, and a Canterbury player, you just go, fuck, we just needed to get a W on the ball. We just needed to win again. So shout out to the Doggies. Did it ugly. Uh, wasn't pretty, but they managed to get it done. Shout out to Blake Wilson scoring three tries. Been a try scoring freak in the Queensland Cup and New South Wales Cup for quite some time. So good to see him getting a gig. Three meaties. Matt Burton was unbelievable. We said on the preview on Saturday uh, that we thought that left edge was begging for tries between Wilson, Quire Ward, Burton. Uh, we weren't wrong there. And the reason why we said that is because we thought Sexton, he'd take a little bit more control of this side and it would free up Burton to play his natural game. And Jesus Christ, didn't he play his natural game? He was everywhere, Burto. And you could just see the confidence um, that he had in himself through, through his goal kicking. You'd see that there was, it was like there was a weight off his shoulder of having direct, to, to direct this team around. And Burto was just able to go out and play footy. And geez, he's lethal when, he, when, when he's in that sort of mood. Uh, that flick pass that he threw to Jade Knockenball. Put him down the left edge. Incredible stuff. Uh, yeah, so Burn really excited to see him back into his work. Reed Marnie, nice little try. Good game there. Avarillo, Kiraz, these guys went about their work. But Toby Sexton's the one I want to talk about. Uh, that play that he came up with on the very last one to scoop up that kick. Uh, just very impressive stuff. I, I thought Sexton was had a really good halfbacks knock. I don't know if the stats reflected it or whatever, but I just thought he directed the team around well. And I think that the entire job of Toby Sexton, uh, his you know his his job description is free up Matt Burton, allow Matt Burton to play his footy. Uh, I thought Toby Sexton did a really good job, so shout out to him. Brayden Burns came with a couple of big plays as well. He is so hard to handle in attack, constantly slept on. Uh, but yeah, look, the doggies a good win. Uh, big players stood up. Some of the young guys came in with really nice cameos. We had two debutants, Ethan Quai Ward, uh, and we also had Skelton who came on late. So all the talk the twenty four hours leading up to it, which was which one would debut. Turns out they. Both did so. Shout out to him. Great to see. Um, Skelton obviously came up with a drop ball that sort of allowed South Sydney to score and get themselves back into this one. But after that, had a brilliant run and shows what he can do. But that little sample size of ten minutes, I think that shows you why. Uh, Skelton is sort of on the edge of first grade. They're not sure whether he's in or not. He can do fantastic things with the ball. 
Uh, but then he can also come up with really key errors. So it's just something he needs to sort out in his game. And when he does, good God, the Bulldogs are going to have a footballer on their hands. Quiet Ward did a couple of good things, got caught out defensively a couple of times. I actually, I, I did notice that he had a bit of strapping on his leg that he didn't start the game with, that he that he finished with. So I do wonder if potentially there was an injury there uh, to him. But uh, yeah, obviously got, got caught out defensively a few times. Um, I got a lot of people missing me saying that he looks incredibly slow. I'm not sure if that was the injury or whatnot, but I, the, I've i watched him a lot playing reserve grade and whatnot, and I've never really noticed that before. So, um, yeah, I'm happy to give him another performance and see how he goes, but definitely a situation to watch there. I do hope they give him another shot, and I, think, I hope that him and Skelton are, uh, are provided with a few opportunities in this Bulldog side. Uh, let's mention the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Blake Taft, probably the best game of his season. He was everywhere. Uh, my boy, though, Ty Munro. Jesus Christ. So talented, this kid. He is going to be a superstar for a very long time. And I know people want to say it's too early and whatnot, but I'm telling you right now, you can just see that this kid has got something special about him. Defensively, is he perfect? No, he got caught out once or twice. I understand that. It's game two of his NRL career. When you have a look at the South Sydney Rabbitohs over the last few years and how guys have improved defensively out of sight under Jason Demetrio, and no one wants to talk about it, it's wild. You look at Campbell Graham. I remember I said two years ago uh, that he's going to play Origin very soon. He obviously hasn't yet, but he's on the doorstop. And I do remember just everyone saying he can't defend He's one of the worst defensive centers in the comp. Uh, JD arrives and he turns that around. Now we consider him to be one of the best defensive centers in the comp. Um, Colin Montungi making his debut for the New South Wales Blues this week. Uh, you know his biggest problem. What was his defense? I at the start of last season it was week in week out. Pick the back row that's going up against Colin Montungi because they he will get caught out. That was easy jam every single week. He's turned his defense around and the halfback as well. Lockie Ilias uh, has improved out of sight at, uh, in defense as a halfback over the last two years. So I'm going to back JD to sort that out with Ty Munro. And I also think um, a lot of it had to do with Tane Milne, who was inside him. So once against Campbell Graham there, I think all of a sudden you'll see all the arguments that Ty Munro can't defend. I think they'll start to uh, alleviate very, very quickly. Uh, Havili had a good game starting at nine, coming on as a middle later. I love him. He's such a good addition. And if I was JD, I'd be having him in my side every single week. Talos Duncan. Wow. What about that try that he scored at the end? Incredible stuff off the kickoff. A kid that's come from the Roosters, moved over to the South Sydney Rabbitohs a couple of years ago, was a noted big hitter coming through Harold Matz and SG Ball. Great to see him come into first grade and be able to do stuff like that. And what about Tommy Burgess? A try on his in his first game as South Sydney Rabbitohs captain, and it was the first try of the game. Unreal stuff. So shout out to... T. Burgess. Uh, yeah, look, uh, uh, m- many controversial calls here that I think South Sydney would feel a little bit hard done by. Uh, I know that JD was not happy in the post-game press conference, which I understand, uh, but I think South Sydney... They'll get on with the job. They'll move forward. They'll get a lot of troops back over the next few weeks. They've got a buy next week. I think that's perfect timing for the Bunnies. They've actually got two buys in the next six weeks. They've got a buy next week in round 26. So a really good opportunity for South Sydney to get all their troops back. Probably in round 21, I think they'll get Campbell Graham back. I think they'll get Latrell back. Obviously, the Origin boys will return. And then they can launch a big assault at the finals. They can go in around 26, have their buy, and then go, hey, we've got five weeks left to win the comp. 
We've got a game against the Sydney Roosters in round 27, and then we're into finals footy. So exciting times for the Bunnies. As we know, it is very, very hard to win the competition if you are outside the top four. So I'm sure that'll be a big focus for South Sydney. At the moment, sitting in eighth on 22 competition points. Uh, But keep in mind, you know, two teams in the top four, uh, the Sharks and the Storm, have already had three buys. South Sydney have still got two to come, and every team above them only has one to come. So a big advantage for South Sydney there. Their four and against is as good or better than just about all the teams ahead of them until you get to the top three. So, uh, yeah, look, exciting times for South Sydney. Plenty of buyers to come, plenty of upside to come. Troops coming back in, uh, plenty of positives. And I think South Sydney come September, they will be fit, firing, and ready to go and fresh coming off a buy. Exciting times for you, Bunnies fans. I'll be getting very, very keen. All right, let's move to the last game. Of the week, and Jesus Christ, this one, far out. The Titans and the Dolphins. The Dolphins obviously getting home 23-21. to 21. Uh, I'll start with the Dolphins. Lemuelu scored the first try, nice little line. Titans defense just in in absolute disarray. The big boys crossed Jared Wallace and Kenny Bromwich, then Isako scored late off a Carm Piera drop ball. We'll talk about him uh, soon, but the Dolphins, they, they've just got so much fight in them. Early in this game, I thought they were Gornski. When Phil Sammy scored... I just wasn't sure if the if the Dolphins had what it took to get themselves back into this game. They did. A big win here for them. Uh, you know, oh, I think that this season is is sort of hanging by a thread to some extent. And I just feel like that if they lose two in a row, it could all sort of fall into a heap. But they're just hanging in there. They're getting the job done. Uh, obviously, this one finished pretty controversially. Uh, and this is what I hate about Golden Point. I said this a couple of weeks ago. I think Golden Point needs to go. I think it needs to go to Golden Try. And this is exactly what I was talking about a few weeks ago. The referees, they're scared to make decisions. And when they do make decisions on a blatant offside, um, we sort of sit there and go, well, hold on. We're not calling that normally. Like, what, what are we... What, are we are we not calling offsides? Are we calling offsides? If a guy is offside, are we not meant to penalise him? Like it's just it's hard to work out. And I'm sure on the vast majority of these field goals, you will be able to find a player who has one foot offside, two feet offside, is half a metre offside. If you slow it down in slow motion, but you've got referees that are making the, all these decisions. They're watching the ruck. They're watching so many things at the same time that it becomes near impossible to get these right every single time. And you know what? I, I thought that the player that got done, Aaron Clark. Fuck, if I was him, I would have done the same thing because nine times out of ten, you know that referees aren't going to make that call, but he made it a little bit too blatant. And then when he does, we go, well, hold on, you're not normally calling those, so why are we calling off sides now? It's just, it's such a clusterfuck that these field goals create. It's insane. It should be golden try. The entire objective of rugby league is to score tries. That's how it should be in golden point for me. Uh, golden try, not golden point. Uh, this is what happens. We, we have a player who blatantly runs offside and the vast majority of fans are pissed off and think that they've been wronged because they don't normally call it. And I get that. But this is the problem with Golden Point. It creates so many fucking issues. It creates so many grey areas to the point that when a player is blatantly offside, we're unhappy that the call was made. Uh, it, it's it's just wild. It needs to be. It needs to change. We need to sort it out. Could you imagine if we decide a grand final like that? Because if it's a grand final and I know that a guy like Jermaine Osako who doesn't miss too many field goals has taken his shot and I know the odds are the ref isn't going to make that call, I'm going early 100%. And I know all people always say, oh, yeah, you used the grand final example. It's over the top. I mean, we had a grand final that was decided by a field goal seven years ago. I mean, like, it's well and truly possible and I just think it would be a very, very disappointing way to finish a season. So I think Golden Point has to go. I think it should be Golden Try. 
uh, or it should be 20 minutes each way and see what happens there because the field goal thing at the moment, it just creates too many grey areas and the referees do not have the ability to, in that split second after they've been running around for 85 minutes and they're exhausted, watch a million things and make the right decision off the back of it. Because even when they do make the right decision, like they did the other night, we're not happy about it because of the precedent that is set. So it's a bit of a fucking nightmare. I I don't know what the answer... Well, I do know what the answer is. It's Golden Try. But whether they change that or not now, I don't think they can until the start of next season. And whether they will or not, I don't know. I think the NRL loves the idea of Golden, try, golden Point because... <clears throat> There's so much controversy that comes off the back of it. Uh, for the Titans, though, I thought Sam Verrills was fantastic. Jaden Campbell is an absolute freak. Ran for 315 run meters. He is a weapon. So good, this kid. I really hope that he gets more opportunities in first grade. Campiero, we spoke about it throughout the year. Um, he can do fantastic things, but then, my God, he can do some poor things. Uh, there was a kick that he did on fourth tackle where he kicked the ball dead. It was just unnecessary. There was nothing on on his It was a matter of, hey, just go down, make the tackle. The worst thing is the kick he put in and went dead. It gave the Dolphins a seven tackle set. Even if it wouldn't have gone dead, if he would have scored on that, it would have been called back because he ran behind his own player earlier. And that's it's those rush of blood moments that Campiero just needs to get out of his game. I used the example of Ty Munro the other night. He made a break and instead of kicking infield or going for the wild pass, just took the tackle. Campiero needs more of that in his game. And if he, if he can find that, my God, he's going to be a good winger. Dropped a bomb a little bit later, a pretty routine take that he had to, that he had to swallow that Jermaine Asako scored. So not a great night for Campiero. Did, did a couple of good things. Uh, obviously set up the try for Kieran Form with, with a nice kick there. But once again, you know, I, I question if that was the right play for the right moment. Uh, I'm not sure if the Dolphins defended that as well as they possibly could have. But yeah, he's just got a lot to work on. He has got a big future. He's very, very talented. We love him. But as we said at the start of the year and for the first four or five weeks, there's he, there, there's just a couple of decisions that he makes that he needs to start to sharpen up because it will be costly. I thought Kieran Foran, that was all class. God, he was tremendous in this game. I'm not sure how many tri-assists or whatever they gave to him. Uh, two tri-assists, three line-break assists, but I thought his passing was perfect in this game. Jeezy did a couple of nice things. Obviously scored that try off the kick as well, which he set up. But yeah, Foz, all class in this game. I was very, very impressed with him. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Uh, Cleese Haas missed a pretty poor tackle at one point that led to a Dolphins try, which was very disappointing. Uh, made a lot of tackles outside of that, though, to be fair. Uh, I think, actually, it might have been, been, been his only one missed tackle. Uh, but, yeah, look, the Titans, uh, Isaac Liu had a good game as well, got through a lot of work. He's been very disappointing the last few weeks, in my opinion. Uh, but he was good in this game, his ball playing and whatnot, a couple of line break assists. So, good to see. I would just like to see Aaron Clark used a little bit more. I just I can't really make sense of... I don't know. I just thought that they looked so good when he was playing 13 last year. And, you know, granted, Isaac Leo had a great game in this one. But I thought the last few weeks he's, he's been very off. Uh, Jacob Arlick. Now, I've been saying Alec for the last few years whenever I've sort of mentioned this guy sporadically. Uh, but Arlick, he was fantastic in this game. Played 60 minutes. Got through a lot of work. Um, showed a bit of upside. 
He's got a little bit of Reese Martin about him. Just he's hard to handle. He's, he, he can pass. He, he can kick as well. We saw that. Uh, I really like him with a big motor as well, Alex. So played the 60 minutes there. Was very, very impressive. I wouldn't be surprised if he earns a starting spot for the Titans over the next few weeks. All right, guys. Uh, that is our rapid review for round 19. We're going to head into Bloke in a Bar Studios now to do the full review. And then we will have part two of myself and Matty the Water. Boy, the off-season, talking about the players you would most want to be in the trenches with. That'll be coming this afternoon. So plenty more content coming your way on the Rugby League Guru podcast. Just a reminder also, guys, 6pm tonight, rugbyleagueguru.com.au is where you can find the burgundy hats, the simply the Bradman best hats. Very limited numbers. You'll have to be very, very quick. Be on there at 6 o'clock. Be ready to go if you would like one because I do not think they will hang around for too long. A one-off piece that will not be coming back. Very limited stock, so you will have to be quick. Best of luck. Godspeed. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.